This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives. Welcome, everyone. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me. By now, you all know that I follow a strict 80-20 rule where 80% of the time I eat highly nutritious foods, very little white sugar, and lots of clean proteins. I often get asked why. Why am I strict on myself and how do I avoid cravings? It all comes down to me wanting to avoid inflammation. I want my body to function optimally so that I can live my best life. Joining me today is Dr. Lori Shemek. She is a best-selling author and weight loss expert. We are going to discuss the causes of inflammation and why we need to avoid it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and I've been looking forward to it. So happy to be here. (laughs) I've been looking so forward to it also. I loved your book, Fatflammation. And one of the big questions I think listeners will want to know the answer to is why do you why is it called fat flammation? The title I just came up with the um, the name the two it kind of described the the situation that's going on and and so we have three different types of inflammation. Uh, We have acute inflammation, we have silent or chronic inflammation, and then what I call fat flammation, which is a real thing. And uh, so uh, with acute inflammation, it's it's, um, a really wonderful thing for our body. It helps us heal. We need it. It's you cut your finger and, you know, soldiers rush to the site to repair the wound. The wound heals. Soldiers go away, the inflammation goes away, and all is well, right? Um, But the next type of inflammation, we can't feel it initially. We have no idea it's there, but it builds. And that's silent or chronic inflammation, and its, its name is insidious anyway because of the fact that it's silent. And so we're looking at silent inflammation as the core underlying cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and weight gain. Let me just say diseases like heart disease, cancer, uh, type 2 diabetes, obesity, rheumatoid arthritis, things of that nature. And then, so now we're up to fat formation, which is an inflammation of the fat cells. And this is what we don't want, especially in our middle, when we have belly fat, that is called visceral fat, and it's very inflamed. And it it promotes, it produces a lot of inflammatory molecules. And uh, so it's this fat that we really want to get rid of, but unfortunately it seems to be the hardest for most people to, to get rid of, but we can. And what happens is, is because our fat, uh, is it acts as if it's infected essentially. And so it's sending out these inflammatory molecules, distress signals are set, set up around the body and uh, inflammation occurs. In fact, they can um, uh, even, you can have inflammation and gain weight and they can determine via research we found that uh, six months before you start gaining weight, um, they can uh, determine if, if uh, you're going to gain weight simply by the level of inflammation in your body. So that's, you know, inflammation is, is a good thing. If it's acute, <laughs> it's a good, we need a little bit of it, um, but we don't need a lot of it, which is what most people are in North America and around the world really are walking around with. And so what happens when uh, this inflammation occurs from our fat cells it, uh, 
it literally uh, sends a message that uh, the cells are in distress and it slows the metabolism. Then we gain more weight and it becomes a vicious cycle, really. So you think of your fat cells as like a factory, essentially, uh, producing these inflammatory molecules, and that's what we have. And so um, the goal is to reduce the inflammation in the body and keep it as low as possible. That is the one goal we all want and we all should strive for. It sounds very easy, uh, and I'm sure that it is, but it can be very daunting when you've already gained weight and your fat cells are inflamed. And you you talk about how the fat cells become inflamed and they can just get enlarged and large. What causes the fat cells to to react this way and have this chronic inflammation? Well, we really don't know, but we know that like uh, there are studies out there suggesting that it is uh, the types of foods that we eat that that cause uh, the the fat cells to store a lot of energy, right? And it's this this storage of you know it's not supposed to be a, a depot for all, all sorts of different things. It's supposed to be a depot for fat, right? What happens is, is the body keeps storing insulin and glucose and everything, more fat as we accumulate more fat. And the fat cell gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is the problem because um, the types of foods that most people are eating is being stored quickly. And, you know, you think about um, after we eat, we have something called postprandial spikes of blood glucose, right? And, or for example, um, which is inflammation, by the way, uh, for example, people are eating a lot of fructose and they're drinking juice thinking it's healthy when it's simply being metabolized by the liver, the liver turns it to fat. And then we have uh, another issue, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And um, so these are, I mean, really knowing the foods that cause inflammation is, is one huge step towards optimal health. In your book, you say that um, cutting calories just doesn't cut it. And I feel like a lot of us, a lot of people have been, you know, so many listeners, readers are probably, you know, tried all the fad diets and realized that starvation just doesn't keep the weight off indefinitely. Why is that? And does cutting calories actually lead to more inflammation? It really does because what people get desperate, right? And they've, they know that, yes, if you do cut calories drastically enough, you will lose weight. There's no question about it. But is it healthy? No, it's not healthy. And, you know, when your body's in a deficit, your metabolism slows. And when it slows, it's hard to bring it back up to what it was because it just wants to stay at that, that level. You're not getting enough protein for muscle mass when you're eating a low calorie diet like that. Chances are very, very slim that you're getting enough protein. And as we know, um, I could go on about it, but protein is critical for optimal health. It's critical for weight loss. It's critical uh, for just overall immune health and much more. So, you know, just a low calorie diet. Um, when I think about one, especially for women, it is a salad, maybe some protein. That's about it. You know, you know, during, you know, at each meal, let's say, and that's just not enough. We need uh, phytonutrients, uh, micronutrients, phytochemicals that actually help 
to reduce inflammation in the body and, by the way, reduce fat in the body as well. We need omega-3s as well to reduce that inflammation and um, you know, it's, you want to resolve the inflammation in the body. And one way to do that is with or through a marine sources of omega-3. There are plant sources, ALA, um, that have an effect, but it's, a, it's an iffy conversion to what we really need um, more of, especially in this day and age, DHA and EPA. So when, when we have that direct source we can directly reduce the inflammation in the body. And what about the individual who has never had McDonald's or fast food and still has issues with their weight? I know you talk about this in your book. Um, Let's explain that because people are like, oh, I eat so healthy. I don't eat fast food, but I still can't lose weight and I still continue to gain weight. There are a lot of factors people are not aware of that can keep one from losing weight. It is the types of foods. They may think they're, like I mentioned early on, uh, they think they're eating healthy, they're drinking juice, they're having whole wheat bread and uh, you know yogurt, right? All of those are very high in sugar. And that sugar then translates to fat storage because your body can only store so much glucose and you know and that when that's filled up when those depots are filled up it goes to the liver and then the liver can't take it anymore and so um we get fat you know it's it's interesting uh when you think about the things that people think are healthy are not so also there's a genetic component as well um you know i personally uh, had my dna tested and um, I have inherited three super obesity genes. So if I wanted to, I, I probably could become overweight relatively easy if I wanted to, um, but, or didn't want to. <laughs> but it's that, you know, some, there is a genetic component that some people do put on weight. You can see it, run, it runs in families. Um, and again, you know, a lot of people uh, have no idea it's genetic. You know, they they're trying their best, and but if it is genetic, it doesn't mean that you're destined to, to a life of being obese, for example, or overweight. Um, it's just making some changes that are beneficial. You're right. So just because we have a genetic predisposition doesn't mean we can't, you know, defy our genetics and work at, you know, managing the weight and. Also in your book, you state that the good news is that, you know, you can have a diet that will ter- directly target those fat cells that we don't want. And I like to be clear to listeners that we need fat, right? Fat is an important part of our diet. We need it on our bodies. It's just the type of fat that we're trying to avoid. We try to avoid that deep visceral fat. How do we explain to a person who's, you know, gained 30, 40, you know, even 50 pounds, that's a lot of weight to lose. How do we encourage them and let them know that it can be reversed and you can get to the weight that you desire and be healthy? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, you know, Claudia, it is really personal what people like to eat, but I can, you know, give information that people can actually apply. And, and, and the, the issue is, is it sustainable? Yes, it is. The ketogenic diet uh, is very beneficial, but is it sustainable? Not for a lot of people, it's not. Again, it's the, the spikes, the, uh, 
glucose spikes that are inflammatory with the precipitous drop and the, the production of insulin constantly. So uh, foods that are important, I've mentioned uh, the polyphenols uh, are excellent. They actually help reduce belly fat and fat throughout the body. So is getting as much uh, nutrient-rich food as you can. And of course, that generally comes from plants. It can come from organ meats. It can come from healthy raised meats and uh, other types of animals. Um, and uh, this is going to give you, but, but plants are the richest source outside of liver, right? So uh, plants really are an important part of what you want to include um, and protein. So you absolutely need to eat about a gram of protein for every pound you, you weigh in your body. So, um, you know, if you weigh 120 pounds, 120 grams of protein is pretty much the best calculation. Some people like to go more, but that's, it's really hard to get that much protein, uh, in your day, unless you use, uh, you know, protein shakes or smoothies or some, you know, put some in your, your yogurt or milk or something, but it's, it's kind of hard to get that much protein in, but one gram a day is important, and uh, that will that you know it's really hard for protein to be metabolized, which it creates more of a uh, thermogenic effect in the body. Water is another thing; people aren't drinking enough water. Uh, when I tell them to drink half their body weight in ounces of water a day, they just cringe because they're not used to it, right? But once you get used to, if you're, again, 120 pounds, drink 60 ounces at a minimum of water a day. Um, and that's not including what you drink for working out or weather conditions, et cetera. And um, there are other, really, um, other ways. You Supplementation is fantastic. Research shows, you know, uh, curcumin is not only excellent for keeping inflammation low in the body, but also uh, promoting belly fat loss. And uh, again, supplementing with like omega-3 uh, fish oil. There are fish oil companies out there that uh, promote, I mean, produce a fish oil that is superior. It's protected. We want to make sure we get those healthy fats in. And also fiber. You know, uh, fiber from, if, if you're doing lower carb, you can get legumes in like lentils, for example, uh, that will um, help uh, promote a better gut. And um, I can get into that if you want the uh, gut health, because it's extremely important. Gut health is important. And I'm really great with avocados, but I got to ramp up my water. When we come back, Dr. Shemek talks about the different kinds of fat in our body. This is the wellness prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Shemek explained how eating too little food or too much of the wrong foods can cause fat flammation. We discussed eating wholesome foods and how they function to reduce the inflammation in our fat cells. So there are different, we kind of touched upon this before. So there are different kinds of fat in the body. 
What are they and do they serve different purposes? The fat that we want in our body is called uh, white adipose tissue. And it is white fat, essentially. It's the fat that you see around your body. It's insulating, it's protective, it cushions our organs, it keeps us warm, essentially insulated. And we, we need this fat, we, that, this fat is energy, and uh, so very important. There is another type of fat that researchers have found called brown fat. And this fat is, we have about a tablespoon of it in, on each side of our, uh, all, uh, in, in, uh, all together uh, under our collarbone, essentially, a little bit in our back. But babies are born with it. And this fat is very um, dense in energy. It, it's the more you have of it, the higher your metabolism is. What people are wanting to do now is to increase more of that brown fat so that they can keep lean, right? And so ways to do this would be red light therapy, uh, red light saunas, cold plunges. Um, certain supplements like turmeric uh, are great at um, uh, promoting what is called more of a beige fat, right? It's not all, it's not altogether brown, but it does beige fat is kind of like converting to brown and it and it too is more metabolically active and the reason it is so energetically dense is because it's just packed with mitochondria you know mitochondria is pretty much uh, what we need in order to have a lot of energy to live a healthy life if we have you know frailty and poor muscle mass we have very few robust mitochondria but if we have healthy mitochondria, we have a lot of energy, we um, are not frail, we have muscle mass. And so that's the goal too, is to tag on to what I was talking about before. Uh, one of the things to do obviously is exercise. And it's very important to build muscle mass. And especially when you hit like in your 30s, we start to lose it, believe it or not, in our late 20s, but we have a lot of hormones still into our 30s that can keep that 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 chisel look, if you will. But once we hit our 40s, it starts to go south. And you have to work at keeping that muscle mass up and the strength of the muscle because we lose that too. The good thing about muscle is that the more you have, the leaner you are generally. So, um, you know, you see bodybuilders who don't do much cardio, right? But they're very lean and muscular. And so that's just shows a person that, um, you know, your, your muscles are very energetically, uh, there's a lot of mitochondria in there. And so that should be a goal. When it comes to a person who, you know, has a lot of inflammation and fat inflammation, why do they con why do they always feel sluggish and why do they feel more sore? Now, this is an important question for me because as a chiropractor, I'm treating people like this all the time. And I'm, I explain that, you know, when your joints are stiff and you have a lot of inflammation, things don't move as well. So the moment they start eating a more anti-inflammatory like an, an anti diet, they feel different. So what is it that causes that stiffness, that inability to be bendy and flexible anymore, and that constant ache and pain that they feel? A large part of it is osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. And with osteoarthritis, it literally degrades the cartilage. We can mitigate it with uh, chiropractic care or physical therapy sessions and eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Very important um, because 
again, here, you know, turmeric or curcumin to the rescue um, has shown to reduce pain uh, in much the same way as equally, I should say, as ibuprofen. What's happening is that the inflammatory uh, molecules are circulating and they're causing distress within the body. And it essentially becomes a vicious cycle if we can't stop it. And the brain, it's there's um, cell danger response is, is what it's termed, but the brain needs to get the message that everything's okay. Um, if we can't get that message to the brain, then the, the pain or the health condition will continue until it does get that message. And so that's just um, something that's new out there that they're, they're learning is part of the problem of ongoing pain and health conditions. But, um, you know, and again, mitochondria come to attention because the more the more pain you're in, uh, the less mitochondrial density that you're having in those areas. Whatever you can do to create less inflammation in the body um, is very important. And especially if you're getting, you know, up there in age, um, they, there is something that's, it's a hallmark of aging called uh, inflammaging. And that is a characteristic of getting older where we have inflammation, the cells aren't communicating well, pain sets in, health conditions set in. Certain foods like uh, sugar, for example, promotes glycation in the body. And glycation is uh, it, when you have proteins and sugars, they come together and create a chemical reaction that stiffens and changes the nature and function of the tissue, but not just on the skin, uh, but also inside the body as well with organs and other tissues. And when we have an anti-inflammatory diet, we're not eating sugar. We're, you know, we're, as you know, Claudia, it's, it's sugar is the devil. <laughs> it really is. It's a real problem. And so, you know, staying away from the white flour and the sugar, even though it's hard, is reducing it as much as possible is going to optimize your health. There's no question about it because you're preventing that uh, silent inflammation. Now, you've talked about the importance of supplementing with the omegas from a fish source, um, you know, avoiding obviously white flour, white sugar. But what about grains? What is the deal with grains? Grains uh, have a couple things going. We're not going for them. <laughs> One is that they, they um, uh, spike your blood sugar. So a lot of people think, oh, oatmeal, are you kidding? It, it has a lot of fiber in it, you know? Um, but unfortunately and sadly, we now know through, you know, people are using uh, um, their glucose monitors and we see the major spikes when people are eating oatmeal, for example. And this occurs with not not for everybody, but for most people, right? Uh, same thing with rice, and um, but you know they're also sprayed with glyphosate, and um, and that's a real problem too, because again it gets to our gut health, and glyphosate kills bacteria. So when you're eating anything that's sprayed with glyphosate, which grains are generally, um, you're, you're ingesting that glyphosate, which is then killing the healthy gut bugs, which has a direct correlation to how much you weigh. And they, we have studies showing that the, health, the, um, the healthier the gut, 
the more diverse the microbiome, the leaner you are, uh, versus say somebody who's obese, they have less diversity in their gut and uh, more unhealthy gut bacteria. And so basically avoiding the grains um, and substituting with things like quinoa or um, buckwheat, those are better options because I know that quinoa kind of, you know, can play both sides of the fiddle. It can be a grain, it can be a, like a carb, and it can also be a protein. Yeah, exactly. And it, um, if you're plant-based now, I tell you, you have to eat like I forgot what it was. I think it's like eight cups of quinoa to get the same amount of protein in a steak, right? And so, um, so when I talk about ingesting protein, it's really important. If if you're, you know, if it's, you know, I understand the ethical concerns, etc., or the plant-based concerns, but um, but the body it really uh, optimizes with uh, protein from animal sources. So before we end the segment today, which has been fantastic, one last message for our listeners. If we had to choose one thing to avoid to make a difference in our health immediately, what would that be? Of all the things we discussed. It would be sugar. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it would be <laughs> sugar. Um, and it comes in all, all sorts of different ways, um, like high fructose corn syrup, Um all sorts of different names. There's like 77 of them, I believe. Um, but but by and large, you have to look at the label. If it says added sugar, uh, then you know make sure that you don't buy it because they're adding sugar to that product. And if it's if it's a zero added sugar, you're good to go. Even though it has sugar, like say for example, plain yogurt has five to six grams of sugar in it. That's natural lactose sugar from the, the, the milk, right? So, um, but if it has added sugar, that means they're adding a lot of sugar to that. Generally. And generally that's really tricky because you can't imagine how much sugar you can find in a flavored yogurt. Um, it's the same amount as eating a candy bar. So you have to really watch those labels. Yeah, that's, I think that is a foundational practice, uh, for optimal health right there. That is the best advice I've heard so far. Dr. Shemek, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, your book is amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Your book is incredible. I encourage everyone to buy it. Um, if listeners want to do that or want to learn more about you and you know all of the other books that you've written, how can they do that? They can find me on my website. I post uh, lots of really easy um, to read articles, how to optimize your health in every area um, at drlorishemek.com. And I'm on Instagram as Dr. Lori Shemek. I'm on Twitter as Lori Shemek and on Facebook as Dr. Lori Shemek. And you can find my books uh, wherever books are sold. Um, Amazon is usually easiest for most people. So they're all there, all four of them. <laughs> Amazing. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.